Okay, now what's up? What's up? Let's bring it in live back in action, ready to make it happen. It's the third and three podcast. You know, what we do let's get it cracking. We are presented by the sports column, as always, and pre brought to you by Reebok Deal of the Week. Go to Reebok. How do you do it? Third and three podcast.com. That's the way. Scroll down a little bit on the home page, click on the Reebok link, get the new Nano X1 Grit Men's Training Shoes Plus. Reebok, got plenty to offer. Fleece, hoodies, all that good stuff. Sweatshirts, tons of crap. I mean, obviously, new kicks, all that good stuff, man. So go to 33 Podcasts. Let us hook you up with a discount and get that free shipping to your door. All right, let's ship on over to the NFL and to my partner, as always, for the evening. Tricky Nikki Giz is not here. And uh, we'll see when she comes back in maybe a couple of weeks, but it's all good. She'll be back on third and three. But, of course, we got the real deal, Damian Adams, in the house. What's up, kid? What's happening, man? Glad to be on. Do our Wednesday therapy. You know, talk yeah. football. I'm always good with that. No doubt. No doubt. That's what we got to do. You know, we got to keep football alive because now it's over. But there's still going to be a lot of stuff to talk about with, like, free agency and then trading and then, you know, whatnot. Obviously, all the coaching spots have been filled. And that's one thing that we're going to get to with one coach and with one coach, I should say, that didn't get his spot filled. But uh, we'll talk about that in a minute over here. So, yeah, we got some football still to talk about. We're going to do some things. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes, where he ranks all time, where the Super Bowl that we just saw last week ranks all time. All right. We're going to do our 10 questions like we did last week. Cool idea by Damien, where we ask up to 10 questions in order to guess the player. And that can be from 1980 on. Those are basically the rules right there. But we'll start with some neighborhood news, man. And we'll do Dinner Fight Club, too. That should be a lot of fun. We haven't done that in a while. We'll bring it back. Um, Derek Carr, all right, uh, released. And the reason why he was released at this point is because if the Raiders held on to him, they would have owed him $40 million. And it was evident that they were moving on from him uh, in week 17, I guess it would have been, when they benched him for Jared Stidham, Damien, as you know. So now the question is, where does Derek Carr go? Where does he fit? But overall, how good is he too? So let me ask you that. That's what I question. I mean, I can go through a whole bunch of quarterbacks right now, and he fits somewhere right in the middle, somewhere between, I don't know, 13 and 16 at best, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that doesn't say, okay, we're going to win a title with this guy. Then you can look at Matthew Stafford a couple of years ago and, you know, what they did with the Rams and everything. I would argue Stafford maybe – you know, a little bit better than Derek Carr. But can Derek Carr go to some sort of contending team like the Jets, maybe like your Saints, and actually make something happen? I believe so. Like, you look at a team with a top defense like the Jets, and you think about the offensive weapons they have with Brees Hall, with Gary Wilson, you know, the rookie of the year. You think about those weapons, I think he could make something happen there because a lot of times we focus on is this quarterback – top five or top 10 to win a Super Bowl. We've seen so many quarterbacks who aren't top five, top 10 win Super Bowls, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, there's recency, there's like recency bias because there's been so many really good quarterbacks who have won lately. But yeah, I mean, it's been proven, like you said, in the past that you can't do it without a top tier quarterback. Yeah. So if you have a quarterback who is at least decent, right? You said that he's in that middle ground. I don't think you could win a Super Bowl with a bottom five quarterback. Right. But if you get somebody who can take care of the football for you, who can make a play here or there for you. And we've seen him do that. We've seen him bring teams to the playoffs. And it's not like he's ever had 
a great supporting cast outside of the Office of Weapons for the Raiders. You think now, I'll give you that. I'll give yeah, you that right there. He really has never really had, especially on defense too. What yeah. the reason why he has had so many fourth quarter comebacks is because his defense has been so bad. So I'll give you credit there. And, and on offense, yeah, I mean this was maybe his best year of having players in. It he went twenty four and fourteen as far as touchdowns and interceptions. So it wasn't the greatest look, but yes, he has proven in the past that he can do things with even lesser type of players. For sure. So I think if you put him in the right situation with a good defense, which he hasn't had, and a special teams unit that can hold together, they can win a Super Bowl. Like, you can definitely do it with a not mediocre quarterback, but you can do it above average quarterback and a good surrounding cast. All right. All right. I mean, look, it is possible. There's no doubt. I mean, stranger things have happened, obviously. And the Jets seem like they're one of those teams where they need to get a quarterback right now because they have about a two-year window before they have to start paying all these rookies and all these, you know, up, up and coming players. So they got to get into it right now. So is Derek Carr the answer or do we go to Aaron Rodgers, who has been more linked with the Jets now that Nathaniel Hackett is over there, um, signs of pointing. Well, who do you think would be a better fit? Derek Carr for maybe the next, I don't know, five to seven years, give it, or would it be Aaron Rodgers for two years and maybe grab a Super Bowl if you're lucky, but AFC is tough to come out of. Yeah, and also with Aaron Rodgers coming off of a down season, do you believe that it's just a down season or at 39, do you believe it's a sign of things to come? Mm-hmm. Right, That's the big question with Aaron Rodgers. And I know Aaron Rodgers has to go do his darkness retreat. It's yeah. isolation, but it's going to yeah. be filmed. So it's not really isolated, but he's he's going to he's going to be doing his isolation treat, retreat to try to find out what he should do. And do you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers? into that young roster or do you want to bring in a guy who chemistry wise people love Derek Carr it seems like all the players love Derek Carr he seems to have a good relationship with everybody so if you're not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to be MVP Aaron Rodgers from a couple years ago if the gap isn't that big you got to go with the guy who has a better chemistry and also is younger so I would go Derek Carr there just because I'm not sure if you're going to get MVP Aaron Rodgers if this was MVP Aaron Rodgers and of course, you got to go with the guy who was the best quarterback in the league at that time. Yeah, and obviously, he was the MVP, uh, you know, two successive years out of the last three years. Last year was a down year. There's no question about it. Part of that is definitely his fault, not showing up to training camp and getting into in tune with his wide receivers. And if he does go to the Jets or wherever he does go, that's something he's going to have to do. He's going to have to adapt to his brand new team. Aaron Rodgers just weirds me the hell out, man. He is something else, this whole darkness retreat. Just he just he puts everything out there because he wants people to know that he's some sicko. I mean, it's really crazy. I mean, that guy just baffles me. When you called him the Riddler, I thought that was the best. I thought the Joker. <laughs> I mean, it really is. But the things that he says, and it was funny. There was like one show on ESPN. I think it was Canty and Carl. And they were comparing. It was like, did Aaron Rodgers say this or did the Dalai Lama say this? And like so many. <laughs> it's just so crazy, man. The things that come out of that guy's mouth. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I He did have a busted up thumb last year. You know, that is one thing. And again, didn't have yeah. Devontae Adams. So. You may want to give him some slack and say, wow, did he really fall off a cliff that bad after two freaking MVPs in a row? I don't know. But anyway, last bit of end uh, of our neighborhood news over here because we want to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, a little recap, and we got more things for you guys. We have a lot of fun stuff, so hang around and join the conversation. Eric Bieniemy, man, and this has been a topic. Obviously, we saw that the two uh, offensive and defensive coordinators for Philadelphia – have already gotten head coaching jobs in Arizona and in Indianapolis. So all that coaching jobs are filled. 
Eric Bieniemy once again gets passed over. I got to tell you, Damien, from my perspective, I don't even think it's a race thing. I did in the beginning, but I don't. Um, now, it, 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 there is something to be said. The fact there's only three black uh, head coaches in the NFL right now, Todd Bowles, Mike Tomlin, and D'Amico Ryans, who just got hired by the Houston yeah. Texans. So I, I really don't understand what it is. Could he be a bad interview? Does he have a bad philosophy? Do teams like just not feel like he can be a head coach, a leader of men? I don't know what it is, but it seems like he's got every check mark that you could possibly want. You know, going to five AFC championships in a row, winning two Super Bowls, going to three Super Bowls, and being, I don't want to say the architect of the offense, but certainly a vital part of it, play calling. And I'm sure that he's making up a ton of plays and getting creative with the guys that he has. So it is just weird to me how he keeps getting passed up. And I, and I got to say, I really think it is beyond race at this point, even though really, like I said, we only have three black head coaches in the entire NFL. There's got to be something more to it. And I just don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I know when it comes to job interviews in the normal world and you get turned down, they don't usually give you something. Usually you just get like an email that says, you know, we've moved on in a different direction. Yeah. You don't get like that closure of, oh, what, what could I have done differently? Or was it something in my resume? What was it exactly why I didn't get hired? Or was it just somebody who you couldn't pass up who was maybe even overqualified for this job who also interviewed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just going into situations where he's running into competition where those guys are coming in and blowing him away. And maybe he's doing a good interview, but the other person's doing a great interview, right? Because mm -hmm. um, it's hard for me to picture at this point that he's giving bad interviews because he's had a lot of practice, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and also, he's been able to connect with those players. So you would think he'd be able to connect with whoever he's interviewing with as well. And like you said, Andy Reid's going to get the credit as the architect of the offense. But Andy Reid's even said that Eric Bieniemy does a lot of installing and calling plays. So obviously, he has something to do with the success of the team. No and you doubt. talk about three three number one offenses during his tenure. And usually the offensive guys who are hot are the ones who get hired, right? We've seen it all over the place. So there's got to be something else going on. And you don't want, you know, just have it like where they have to put out what they didn't like about a person because you don't want to crush that person like that by putting it out mm -hmm. in public. Like, but I don't know what else we could do. Like there has to be something where we have maybe one team come out and say why they didn't hire him. You know, and then we can have some type of closure about it, you know, but you also is a, a thin line to ask for that because then you have to ask for it for everyone else who doesn't get hired either. Uh, yeah, I so, love it. Yeah, that could be a broad yeah. topic right there that you don't want to get into. So, yeah, I can understand not wanting to bring that out to the forefront, but all of us would love to be a fly on the wall in that room when, when those interviews yeah. are going on. I'm wondering why he's not getting these jobs. So it is a strange thing. But you know what the best thing be for him in the long run? Maybe just wait for Andy Reid in another, what, two or three years to call it quits. Maybe he gets into the Super Bowl in two years, and Andy Reid is like, you know what, hand the keys over to Eric Bieniemy, and he'd probably be in the best situation that he could. So maybe it'll work out for him in the end. That would be nice, right? You just you just hope that he doesn't get the Barry Switzer treatment, right? Because Barry Switzer, no one even remembers that he coached that Super Bowl, right? No, <laughs> no, no, you, no true. Everybody thinks Jimmy Johnson's got the three Super Bowls. You're right. I yeah. Know. Yeah. So you hopefully he doesn't get that type of treatment, but maybe that's the best you know solution because he would walk into a great situation. He's comfortable there. So maybe that would be it. You know, maybe that will. We're going to see. Hey, what's up? Patriot Sports Radio. What's going on, man? What's happening? Thanks for joining the show. Feel free to log in over here as we're going to get into Super Bowl recap right now. So 
we're not going to spend a whole ton of time on it because we know that a whole bunch of shows have already done it. But yeah, we have broken it down. Yeah. yeah, of course. So <laughs> let's give, let's give her input. Um, we're going to even rank where the Super Bowl does rank among the all-time greats. You know that really we have seen. I mean, we're not going to go back to like 1969 or anything like that. You know, we're talking about the ones we've seen. Yeah. Anyway, so um, it was an awesome Super Bowl. I really enjoyed it, and it looked like Philly had. You know, they they did have the lead. They looked like they had the dominance for a while. Obviously, that fumble by Jalen Hurts did change things around. Not fully the momentum, but it definitely, you know, brought Kansas City back into it and gave them more life. And Kansas City was the team that made the adjustments in the second half, all right? And they started off great. They got a touchdown in the first drive, and they kept scoring and scoring and scoring. They didn't have to punt at all in the second half. And the Eagles did not make the adjustments. And all of a sudden, their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator get head coaching jobs in 48 hours. Nevertheless, okay, so I'm kind of surprised that Philly, I, I don't want to say they took their foot off the gas, but it was surprising they weren't able to score more in the second half when they had that lead like that. They had 24 points going into halftime, and they finished with 35. They got outscored 24-11 in the second half. So what was it really, other than the adjustments that were made, is it just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes that brought them back? Because there were a lot of schematic plays that were great, like those two touchdowns, one to Sky Moore, one to Jimmy Smith-Schuster. Absolutely yeah. awesome designs. So whoever got credit for that one, whether it be the enemy or Andy Reid, congratulations. That was beautiful. Yeah, I think in the second half, we've seen the Eagles we've seen all season. right? They have a lot of games this year where they go up big, and their defense has been so good that they didn't need to truly just go crazy and score 45, 50 points, right? Because yeah. we even joked about it because it seemed like they would be stuck on 24 for like four straight weeks, but they would get 24 points and they just stopped. Right. right? So we right. even like joked about that. So I think teams adjust to what they were doing in the second half, but didn't have enough gas offensively to score on that defense. You do, you know, who does have enough gas to score on your defense, Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. you have, when you do that and you got Patrick Mahomes on the other side, you can't afford to do that. Um, and also in that first half, the Chiefs barely had the ball. So in the second half, when they finally get a chance to get the ball and start to gain some momentum, that's when we saw things change. I don't think Philadelphia's offense was bad in the second half, but it was something where they just could have made one more play. But you don't want to blame the offense because defensively they didn't they didn't do anything to stop this the, the Chiefs. Nothing yeah. defensively. Where was the sacks, man? Like, I, I don't know. Kansas City's yeah. offensive line is excellent, but to have no sacks, that team who had 70 in the year, I mean, they pressured Mahomes, when I, as far as I can remember, maybe three or four times, and Mahomes yeah. was able to get out of it. That's it? So this is my theory on it. They were so great rushing four all season. After the first half, because the Chiefs didn't have the ball enough, they didn't realize that they were not going to be able to get there in the second half, right? And they didn't adjust to send more blitzes or to maybe even send like semi fake blitzes where maybe you, instead of sending three defensive linemen, you send one linebacker, you just push one back and you kind of like disguise it in that way. They didn't do anything really to disguise it and really fool the offensive line to get that pressure. And the, full, the few times they did, Mahomes escaped. We all saw, you know, the big run. Uh, I saw a very funny tweet that somebody said it was a yabba dabba do run. Because the way he was moving. <laughs> it looked like Kirk Flintstone a little bit, man. I mean, the, the yeah. people <laughs> I mean, 
It was like it, it, was, it was like the top part of his body didn't move. It was just his legs. It really was so funny. Oh my god, that's good. Yeah, that's that was good. a hilarious. I think it was Mike Golick Jr. That was a hilarious tweet from him. Um, but and because he was even with the bum ankle, still able to do just enough to escape. You would think they would try to do maybe some pressures because the thing is they trusted their cornerbacks maybe a little too much to guard the wide receivers. And that's maybe what led to, you know, the anticlimactic ending where we had the holding call that led to, you know, the first down. But maybe they should have switched it up and did some zone blitzes. But I feel like they were so confident in that front four and they didn't adjust after seeing that, oh, this offensive line is really holding up well. Yeah, the offensive listen, the offensive line did a great job. That is the story that's not being told about this game. That what a great job they were able to do. Obviously, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, look, he didn't have to throw for 300 yards. He threw for a buck 87, but the three touchdowns vital and his rushing ability in that game. And the yeah. and I like how Kansas City came out in the second half and said, you know what, we're gonna start running the ball more. And Isaiah Pacheco got the ball going and he ended up rushing for 76 yards and a touchdown. But to get to that end of that game, that play, which everybody's talking about, so I gotta get your opinion on it. My opinion is, is that I probably would have thrown the flag initially, but then seeing where the ball went, I would have picked it up because referees pick up flags all the time. We see it. There was no penalty on the play. So it was a penalty and maybe just maybe, I don't know, Jimmy Smith-Schuster gets a little burst of speed and is able to get to that ball. But to me, it looked uncatchable. So D, to me, I probably would have picked up the flag and said, no foul. Yeah, I think it puts the referees in a tough position. I think the rules should be changed. I've said it on the show before. It makes no sense that offensive holding is 10 yards, but you keep the down. So if you go from first to 10 to first and 20, but defensive holding is an automatic first down. So if defensive holding was just five yards, then it would have been third and three, I believe. And you still have a chance for them to get a stop and give Jalen Hurts another chance to drive down the field. You know what's sick, bro? You know what's sick? Every defensive penalty in the NFL, except for offsides, is an automatic first down. Every one. Every single one. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. That's it. The offense already has all the advantages, right, when it comes to just the way the game is refereed. And then you add on to that the penalties for getting penalized are also so much more damaging for the defense. Uh, So I think they should change some of those and not make it to where every penalty is an automatic first down starting with defensive holding, right? Because sometimes it could be holding where on a defensive line where offensive alignment is trying to get out and pull. And sometimes you'll say a defensive alignment hold the offensive alignment, then that'd be the automatic first down. You don't know if yeah. that run was going to go for a first down. So it's, I think that they need to change defensive holding to where it's five yards or even you make it 10. Because sometimes, say it's third and 13, then it's third and three. I would live with that instead of being an automatic first down. That's the thing that kind of, made it anticlimactic because you look at the play it was a holding he did tuck the jersey so as a referee you're not you shouldn't think that's the thing that's a good job at referee because you shouldn't think like this is the end of the game i shouldn't call this call you have to call it consistently throughout the game yeah right so once you see it, you got through that flag but i think the rule put the refs in a bad position to where the game ended in an anticlimactic fashion after being such a great game very unfortunate. As we say, what's up to Mr. Prime Time in the house, no doubt. And uh, yeah, Patriot Sports Radio, we were talking about Eric Bianami does deserve a job, and we're still trying to figure out why he doesn't. But it is unfortunate the way that it ended because we all would have loved to have seen Kansas City go ahead and kick that field goal up 38 35 the way they did, but give Jalen Hurts and the Eagles a chance to come down the field 
at least try to kick a field goal to go into overtime or maybe even win it with a touchdown because they would have had a buck 50 left on the clock, something like that, if my memory serves correct. So we would have all loved to have seen that. But the Super Bowl was definitely awesome. But where does it rank all time among, you know, the ones that we have seen? Let me give you a few that came to my mind. And you tell me if you think it's better or not. All right. Okay. Remember the 2009 Steelers against uh, the Arizona Cardinals, where Larry Fitzgerald caught that crazy pass. James Harrison had that crazy return before halftime. And Ben Roethlisberger went downfield with San Antonio Holmes in the fourth quarter to win that game. That was a hell of a game. That was a great game. It was on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, that one had more, I think, more memorable moments than this game had. This game was excellent from start to finish, but I think that one, like you said, those plays stand out so much in your mind. Like when you think of yeah. great Super Bowl moments, they have three from this game that come to your head. Um, yeah. So because of that, I'm going to rank that one above this one just off of the fact that you have so many memorable moments from this game. I think I might have to, too. And uh, San Antonio Holmes, you bring it up, Mr. Primetime, no doubt. I mean, he was he was so money on that last drive. It was ridiculous. And it was really one of the best throws and catches. One of the best throws and catches I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, San Antonio, just unbelievable. Last week, 10 questions, as a matter of fact. That's what he was on. So there you go. Uh, let's go for a few more. Um, I thought the Seattle-New England game in 2014, where, you know, Lockett had that great catch and then – you know, of course, Russell Wilson throwing that interception in the end zone. I don't know. If, that was a really good game because it came down to the very end. Is it better? I don't know. Oh, man. that's a, That was another one that was great and another just memorable moment. We're going to always talk about should they have run the ball, right? Yep. Um, and it wasn't anticlimactic. It just was, like, shocking at the end. Yeah. So I, I don't want to put that one ahead of this one just because the way it ended. Because this one, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Super Bowl was it 57? I'm gonna put 57 ahead of the Seattle New England one from a total standpoint yeah, I, of the game. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. All right, I, I could probably agree with you because right? this game was exciting all the way through. I mean, there were maybe what two punts the entire game, if memory serves. So it was, it was yeah. pretty awesome. Another awesome game was this is back in '97 when Favre went against Elway, Green Bay versus Denver, that game was fantastic. It came down to the end where Green Bay had to go and score a touchdown. They were down 24-17, and there was a huge collision where Steve Atwater knocked into a couple, a, a, another Broncos player and a Green Bay player. It, it was it was very – it was awesome, and it was John Elway's first Super Bowl ever. So that was very memorable. Was it a better game overall? I don't know, but there was really good defense, and – I think that people need to appreciate good defense in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that was an excellent game. That one was on my list as well. Oh, man, I'm going to say this one was a little bit better because we did get two great performances from the quarterbacks. Like Jalen Hurts' performance, even in a loss, is going to be remembered for how great it was. Oh, it was so fantastic. Like, yeah. Yeah. He made himself so much money. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy goodness. Giants, Pats, uh, he's bringing up over here, Mr. Primetime, part one. Uh, that, that was, was that's, Yeah, that was a great game. That was on my list as well. Now, with that one, it was a close game, and the anticipation of that game was so high, right, because the Patriots oh, are yeah. undefeated, and you got the Giants who played them pretty well in the regular season, and it was like it was everything was there for it to be this great game, and it was a great upset as well. Um, so that one's ranked – that's pretty high up there. 
uh, and you had some memorable, of course, the helmet catch. You got some memorable moments. Um, was the helmet catch that one or the other one? I'm trying. I don't, don't that go was the one. first one. Yeah, the helmet catch was the first one. First one. Yeah. So you got the helmet catch. You got Plexico Burris, you know, catching that game-winning touchdown. Yep. Like, you got some great moments in that one. Uh, and because of what was on the line, I will put that one above the most recent one. What do you think? Okay. All right. I dig it. I dig it. I got a couple more, and I'm sure you probably have someone you listed. I don't. Um, let me see, Mr. Prime Temper. Yeah, Bill's Giants. I actually had that one on my list where Scott Norwood went w- wide right. Um, yeah. Then the last one I had was the Atlanta-New England game because – it was the greatest comeback of all time in the Super Bowl. So I feel like that belongs somewhere in there. So that one, I feel like, was a tale of two bad halves. <laughs> Not a great yeah, game. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I feel like the first half, New England played so terrible in that first half. And then the second half, Atlanta played so terrible. So it, yeah. it turned out to be dramatic, but it was two teams who had horrible halves and not actually a great game. Like it this was, game that's was, truth. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a great game, but the, it was probably the most dramatic Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, it was very, it was very dramatic. Uh, funny story about that one. I remember that one because we were at a bad Super Bowl party. Uh, like, like somebody invited invited us over, and we was the only ones that brought food, and we were ready to leave. But as as soon as we were ready to leave, that's when New England started getting momentum, and I was like. I got a feeling they're gonna come back and win this game. So yeah, we had to, we had to stay. But good thing we did because we didn't miss you know the epic comeback. But I feel like this game was was much better as far as the execution of both teams compared to that game. That makes a lot of sense. I totally get it. Both deep what you know, one defense shut down the Patriots in the first half, and then the you know, Atlanta did in the second half. I mean, just ultimate collapse right there. But you know, again, the yeah. drama of it just unbelievable. By the way, I heard this 80 for Brady movie is pitiful. <laughs> I have a couple of you heard about that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard about. It. I didn't know you nobody who you know watched it. I just saw the preview. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I'm definitely not gonna go watch this. You know, no. it seems like you know a nice little kids movie. You know, something like that. But yeah, I, I was I was not interested at all in that. No. I don't know, is it eighty for Brady because the ladies are like eighty years old or something like that? That's, what I'm, that's, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're thinking, but yeah, no, damn, I'm not seeing that in the theater, and I'm down. I'm gonna watch it when it comes out. I'm freaking. You know, prime, you know, cable network like TNT or some bullshit like that. Cause you know, HBO and Cinemax are going to pick that shit up. No freaking way. Oh, man. So we got some all time shit going on over here. We got to talk about Patrick Mahomes, who is no doubt already in the all time plethora of quarterbacks. If you want to make a Mount Rushmore of it, I would say he's already on it. But where does he rank these question? What quarterbacks do we have ahead of him, behind him, around him? Who does he have to surpass? I would say just right off the bat, Look, he's probably – look, here's how it goes for me, bro. John Elway was the best quarterback I've ever seen, and I'm a 49er fan, and I'm saying that Elway was better than Montana, all right, because he he dragged three teams to the Super Bowl, and, yeah, they got their ass kicked, but he did it without a running game with wide receivers that nobody remembers their name except for me and five other people that live in Denver, and and the defense was terrible. So it was amazing what he did. But then Aaron Rodgers came along. First, actually, Brett Favre. I'm like, holy shit, because he just kept beating the Niners' ass. Then Aaron Rodgers and then Patrick Mahomes. So I've never seen anything as great as Patrick Mahomes, but I can't say that he's at Brady's level because Brady's got seven championships with two different teams. What, five MVPs? You know, how many uh, Super Bowl MVPs? Like, all that stuff. So even though he's better than Brady, and I don't even think there's any question about it, Brady still has done all these things. So he would be the one person – 
off the bat, and I want to debate a couple more with you, but he would be the one guy I would say that he needs to surpass statistically. Does he need seven Super Bowls? No, but he probably needs about five. Okay. I can see four or five, and then people really start to have that discussion if he's greater than Brady. Because like you said, he's definitely better than Brady. Yeah, somebody um, four is that magic. Four is that magic number forever. Bradshaw, Montana, you know, getting them four, and you know, then Brady just went nuts. So I think if you get over four, then you know that's like really elite status right there, for sure. And you summed it up perfectly though. And I heard somebody else on the radio was like, "So if you had prime Tom Brady, like thirty year old Brady, and you had Patrick Mahomes right now, who would you take? You would take Patrick Mahomes." Like, there's no doubt about it. You would take Patrick Mahomes over the best version of Tom Brady. Um, yeah. And the thing is, Brady just so accomplished. So the way I try to look at it is I try to put accomplishments with talent and how far they go. Because, of course, there's a lot of talented players who didn't live up to expectations, right? Uh, really? And if, if you're talking about just the most gifted quarterbacks of all time, you know, Michael Vick's in that conversation, but he's not going to be in the GOAT conversation, of course. Right, right. So okay. when you look at God-gifted talent along with living up to it, Patrick Mahomes is definitely top five already to me. Um, yeah, so, he's got to be. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's the guys you put up against him, like Joe Montana. I mean, that is debatable for a lot of people because he did win four at Super Bowls and didn't lose any, and he did it over a span of like a good 10 years in the 80s, you know? So yeah. it was really incredible what Matt Montana was able to do, but – athletically compared to what Mahomes can do when running out of the pocket and stuff like that. I mean, I there's no comparison. But Joe Montana, I can see people debating. I understand that because some people still have Montana even over Brady. And that's fine with me. You have him where you want to have him. But then you talk about, and I'll let you go from here, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, like I mentioned, Dan Marino, Brett Favre. These are the quarterbacks that I think of. And I have to think that Mahomes – has what everybody has. I was talking to my best buddy up in New York, and he even said he's like, he he's just blown away by Patrick Mahomes. He says he's got Peyton Manning's brains, you know, uh, Tom Brady's, you know, acumen, whatever you want to call it, the athleticism of, you know, maybe not Michael Vick, but, you know, something like that. He just has everything. He has like an Aaron Rodgers level, like yes. Aaron Rodgers prime level athleticism. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. So that's the thing. So with Patrick Mahomes, Dang, I, Peyton Manning was my GOAT for so long. And it's hard for me to put people above him because the way he manipulated the game was just genius, right? But if I'm you, you give me Peyton Manning in a time capsule and Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And like, and that's something that you have to put into it. And now he has the same number of Super Bowls as Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning was carried for a second one, right? That's uh, true. So, now you have to look at it that way. Now, of course, Peyton Manning has, what, five MVPs? So we have to see if, you know, Pat Mahomes is able to get to that number of five MVPs, which, honestly, I don't see how he's not going to get there. Like, mm-hmm. if he, he continues to play at this level for another 10 years that we can see, probably, because he's 27. He's going to be 27 at the start of next year. So he could be, he could be like this for another 10 years. So sure. If he plays like this for another 10 years, I definitely could see him getting more than five MVPs because he got two already. Yeah, he's not a guy who has to rely on his legs. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He can go for, like he can do that now for the next maybe three years or so or something like that. But then he can totally chill out and just rock from the pocket, man. He can totally do it. 
I don't know. Yeah. Prime time. I'm not sure if I agree with him, D, over here, that Aaron Rodgers is most overrated player ever. I get the one Super Bowl yes. thing, but. Uh. Well, you know who I have as my most overrated NFL player. I have Troy Aikman as my most overrated NFL no, player. No, forget time. about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I threw like 2,300 yards a season. It was garbage. Yeah. Yeah, so that's who I have as my most overrated. Now, the reason I have Pat Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers is playoff success, right? For sure. And not just not just team success, but when you look at their playoff stats, Aaron Rodgers has not played as well in the playoffs as Pat Mahomes has. Right. And even Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers' talent is comparable. But when you look at what Pat Mahomes has done in the playoffs, that's what puts me over, gives me the edge over Aaron Rodgers. Um, and when I when I put it that way. That means I got to put over my man Peyton Manning because when it comes to playoff success and playing performing well in the playoffs, Peyton Manning did fall short a lot of uh, performing well in those moments. Uh, so I guess I would have to put him over Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton is Manning. Is it crazy to say he's second already? Is that nuts? No, I don't think it is because, I mean, look, he's been in the league for six years, but he's played really just five. And what, yeah. yo, what's up to Courtney, my man? What's happening? Sorry about your Eagles, bro. I know it's a killer, <laughs> but they played a good game. We were talking about it before. I don't think it's crazy to say that because he's already got more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers does, and he's done it again. And I don't count the first year. That means nothing. He yeah. played one game. It was just, it was the last week of this of the season. So in five years, he's gone to five AFC championships. He's hosted every single one of them. They could have gone to a fourth Super Bowl if Frank Clark didn't go offside in that yeah. Patriot game in the AFC Championship because they looked like they had that thing going. Um, so I and they gave the Patriots another chance at it. So um, yeah, I, he you can't say that he's over accomplished than Tom Brady, but you can say he's better than Tom Brady. But I can say a lot of quarterbacks are better than Tom Brady. You know, like I feel like Aaron Rodgers is. But then you go back to it, and that's the kind of shit that I was talking to you about last week. Like Tom Brady is in that stratosphere of like almost an untouchable like I do get the first three Super Bowls that we talk about and I don't want to make this a whole Brady thing because we talked about it yeah. last week but to get seven Super Bowls and again to have one with another team in your first year that's just quite amazing man I I, I it, still it is and like I said last week I I never want to say that Brady has been lucky but he's been very fortunate in his situations. We talked about earlier with Derek Carr. Derek Carr has never had good defenses. Tom Brady has always had good defenses. Yes. Like all, Tampa Bay in the playoffs, they became the 85 Bears for some reason that year. Like it just <laughs> for some reason, it always works out where his defenses come through for him, right? And, and the thing is, those things are not going to be remembered in the long run. No one's going to remember that he threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game against the Packers, except, you know, widows like widows and like me and you are going to remember that. But everyone yeah. else who's normal, it's not going to remember that. <laughs> so, like, when it comes to that, at the end of the day, he like, dang, he did lead, you know, to seven Super Bowls. And most people will remember, like, the first one, he just literally was the guy along for the ride and made a, a couple of dump off throws here and there. That's for but sure. when it comes, when it comes to, the, especially the second half of his career, that's when he, you know, really became Tom Brady. You have to give him credit for that. And even though I think Peyton Manning was better. I do have to give uh, Brady the GOAT, you know, status because of the accomplishments. But like you said, Patrick Mahomes is already better than Brady. And if he gets a couple more MVPs, a couple more Super Bowl appearances, and maybe a couple, like I said, two more, two more rings. Let's say, okay, hypothetically, five years from now, he has four Super Bowl rings, four MVPs, and he continues to play at this level. Is he the GOAT at that point? 
Uh, yeah, I think probably people are going to put him in that category. Yeah, without a doubt, because yeah. I mean, he is what makes the Chiefs go. Like, yes, it, Tom Brady was what made the Patriots go, but that wasn't until around like 2007, after about like yeah. six, seven years in the league. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been doing this since he got there, and it's just out of control what he's doing. Yes, Brady is the goat, and no one is going to come close to seven Super Bowls. Probably not, Courtney. I hear you. I mean, that's like astronomical numbers. Nobody does stuff like that. That's how crazy it is. But it's part and parcel to, again, I agree with you, the team that he was on, the head coach that he had. I mean, I even hear things about Bill Belichick, how crafty he is when he's playing a team against – when he's playing against a team who's wearing white uniforms, he'll have his players wear white gloves to get away with holding calls. I mean – he just yeah. thinks of little shit like that, you know. Like, I mean, nobody thinks of stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's next level stuff to get an edge with Bill Belichick for sure. Like some of the stories you hear, and when you the, the few times you hear him actually talk about football, you're like, oh, okay, I I get it. Like this is next level stuff right here. And uh, I love seeing the clip of him breaking down Ed Reed and how he was so jealous that he never got to coach Ed Reed, and how yeah. like Ed Reed would do stuff. And he's like, okay, you can see how his, his, yeah, his mind is like, man, the things I could have did if I had an Ed Reed on my defense, like it's it's next level stuff. Yeah. 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 Because he made the most that look, it's not like Mike Vrabel and, you know, Teddy Bruschi were like the greatest players of all time, you know, and, you know, Teddy Johnson, but you know, they made it work. And no, of course, Andy Reed is great prime time. We're not, you know, just because Belichick is. Yeah. Andy Reed, the thing is Andy Reed's put himself into like that top five, top 10, category when it comes to coaches Absolutely. like he's putting stuff up there yeah yeah what he did in philly for 10 years or 14 years or the fuck long he, i think 14 years he was in philly yeah. four straight nfc championships one super bowl appearance and uh you know then he comes over to the chiefs and yeah granted he's got patrick mahomes but you still got to coach the guy and you still got to make the other players play well and he's been able to do it and so has so, eric the enemy <laughs> yeah this is the difference where we're bringing up bill belichick because bill belichick's Specialty was the other side of the ball. So that's something that Brady has nothing to do with. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, they've had decent defenses. They've never had no, any defenses that were top five, like Pat, like Tom Brady had during his career, or top 10, like Tom For Brady sure. had during his career. And that credit goes to Bill Belichick. So when you talk about Andy Reid, of course, we talked about it earlier. Some of the plays they draw up and the fact that they were taking advantage of the man-to-man defense that the Eagles were playing, that's Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy coming up with stuff. And you exactly. need Patrick Mahomes to execute it. But one of the reasons that you also can come up with some of this crazy stuff that you can do is because you have Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, right. and if you have somebody else there, now you got to temper it back a little bit. You can't do certain things. Uh, you can't depend on somebody who could throw a 20 yard out route on a dime, like certain right. things like that. You only do because you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, look, Belichick and Saban are next level court. So that's one thing that, you know, I don't like hearing, oh, Tyree Kill is gone, and still look what Patrick Mahomes is able to do without Tyree. They still have good receivers, but they also still have Travis Kelsey. I don't want to take away from what Travis Kelsey means to this team. Yeah. He is so important. There's obviously no, no doubt. But every quarterback has got either a great tight end or a great wide receiver, every single one of them. Like, you can't name yeah. one quarterback that maybe Dan Marino was the only outlier because Mark Clayton and Mark Duper weren't like super duper stars, you know, no pun yeah. intended, or maybe full pun intended right there. But anyway. <laughs> No, Patrick Mahomes is totally legit, and anybody who says that he's not one of the best three, at least, quarterbacks they've ever seen in their life is 
totally kidding themselves. I mean, because already, and again, like you said, he's only 27 years old, the things that he can do. So I believe if he gets to four, five Super Bowls, he wins another couple of MVPs, which I'm sure he can do. Uh, Yeah, yeah, this guy's going to be, I think that he will surpass Tom Brady. And that's a killer. I feel like that's another reason why Tom Brady went so much longer. He's like, I don't want anybody cashing any of my records, my passing records, my Super Bowl records. You know, he's just a greedy son of a bitch, man. I got to tell you. <laughs> no, it's going to be very hard to catch his passing records for sure. Uh, and it's going to be hard to catch even Breeze's records, right? So the, the fact that, you know, Brady went even beyond what Drew Brees did by a couple of years is, is absolutely nuts. Uh, so Patrick, but anybody could do it. If Patrick Mahomes puts his mind to it and says, I want to play till I'm 40 something. I want to break all these records. If anybody could do it, it'd be him, you know, cause yeah. that's something that he's getting off such a head start. Right. Cause the thing is Brady wasn't throwing for 4,500 yards those first five years. Right. Which mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is doing each and every year. Uh, so that's something where if you look at the pace of what he can do, maybe you could catch him. You never know. It's, Patrick Holmes, man, we just got to appreciate what we're seeing. We got to appreciate what we're seeing. And sometimes you don't have to wait till a career is over to say, like, yo, this is it right now. Like, this is what we're seeing right now is something totally different. And Patrick Holmes is just, yeah, he's totally different, man. He's already top five all time after five years of being a starter, which is absolutely crazy. And I love the fact that he's a great guy, too. I mean, he's yeah. just such a good dude. You want to root for him. My mother is in love with him. She wants to marry him. It's unbelievable. My <laughs> loves Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes is he's yeah. crazy, Courtney. I don't even know what there is to say. There are really no adjectives that actually can really define what this guy does. The yeah. side on that he throws. Wait, he's falling down. He's completing passes to Travis Kelsey that are two inches off the ground. I don't even know how this stuff happens. Yeah. And so just to, before we get to our next subject, I made a video the other day about Jalen Hurts, and I want your opinion on it. So I said that Jalen Hurts with his performance this season, and especially what he did in the Super Bowl, proved that he's the second best quarterback in the league. Am I jumping the gun, saying that he's the second best quarterback in the NFL? A little bit. And I'll say the reason why is because so much, I don't want to say so much, but a lot of his game is is his legs. And that's something that's going to go. So maybe at this point in time, maybe he is top two, top three. Maybe he is the second best. Maybe at this point in time because of what he can do with his legs. But if he needs to be relying on that and defenses catch on and are able to – because I want to see what happens next year. After they had all that success this year with Jalen Hurts running the ball and really doing whatever they wanted, I want to see how defenses adjust to it. I think that we're going to see a little bit of a different type of thing going on next year. So I would probably put – Honestly, I've come around on Joe Burrow, man. I've no, really Joe Burrow's around. amazing. Yeah, I have no problem with Joe Burrow being number two. I think that Jalen Hurts, even though like running is such a big part of their offense, when you do see them passing, his decision-making is so good when it comes to yes. it, and his accuracy has improved so much. Like That throw he made to Dallas Goddard on third and 14, Woo! only like him, Mahomes, Burrow, yeah. maybe Allen – Handful of players. That's it. Yeah, a very small handful of players can make that throw. Uh, the throw he made to Brown, a lot of people were saying that was just a throw up. But there's a reason by the time the ball got there, that Brown was the only one near that, that ball. Exactly. <laughs> he threw yeah. it to a spot. He threw it to a spot like they practiced where A.J. Brown yeah. was supposed to be, and that's exactly where his ass was, and that's why they scored a touchdown. Exactly. So his, his throwing has improved in such a major way, and I think it's going to continue to get better. And by the time, the thing is, he's so young. He's still got another four or five years where he can use his legs in this way, yeah, especially yeah. because he's so he's built in a stocky way where I think he'll be able to stay healthier 
than most quarterbacks were that fast because they're Probably. more like skinny. So I think that he'll still be able to use his legs in that way and be even better as a passer. It's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if they have to eventually they're going to pay him major money and that's it's going to be yeah. it's going to affect what they can do around him. So it's going to be if he can uplift talent around him, it's going to be the big question, right? Uh, it's going to be a big thing with Joe Burrow, too. Eventually, they're going to lose some of those weapons on the outside. Maybe they have to let go of a T. Higgins or something like that because they have to sign him and Jamar Chase to all this money. So are you still able to uplift your team when you don't have that superior talent around you? Uh, so I think that's going to be the big question for both Burrow and Hurts going forward. But I think Hurts has supremely like supplanted himself in a top five conversation for sure. Oh, I think he's top five. Know that about it. And I actually wanted yeah. to talk about top five quarterbacks with you who you think they are. I mean, I wasn't going to do it till a little bit later, but just to bring it up, Mahomes is number one. There's no doubt. I think Burrow for me has become number yeah. two. Then I, I, I went Allen Hurts, Allen Hurts, Allen Hurts. And the only reason I put Allen over Hurts is because he's been doing it a little bit longer and he can also run and, you know, yeah. do a, a lot of things that Jalen Hurts can obviously do. But because Allen has been doing it a little bit longer. That's why I got Hurts at four. And then at five, man, I went bonkers, bro. I don't know if I want to put Lamar in there, Herbert, Watson, Lawrence, Rodgers. I'm not sure, man. What are your thoughts about this? Oh, man. So I would go Mahomes, of course. Yeah. I'll go, I'm going to go Hurts at two. I'm going to go Burrow three. Then Allen for the reason. Now, like I said, for me, Hurts and Burrow are interchangeable. So it's basically 2A, 2B for me. Right. Uh, the reason I have them above Allen, Allen this year kind of reverted back to some of that bad decision-making. A little bit. Uh, that that got him in trouble earlier in his career. He's he amazing. Brian Dayball a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that game against Miami, the only reason that game was even close at all was because of Josh Allen. Like, there was no reason Miami should have been in that game. And Josh Allen kept Miami in that game. Uh, yeah, good point. And – so for me, that's why I have him at four and five. A uh, healthy Lamar Jackson, man. Like, yeah, when he's yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah. He, uh, healthy Lamar. Because you think about when he's healthy. I heard a stat today. Like every game he's been in, they've had a lead in the fourth quarter. Every game. That's sick. It, that's like that's that stat right there is so crazy. And I believe that he's improved a lot as a passer as well. And he still is so dynamic in the run game. So hopefully he comes back next year healthy. It's going to be a big, I know we're going to be talking about a lot in the off season. Hopefully Baltimore doesn't drag it out. So we have to talk about it for a long time, this whole contract situation. But yeah, I would put Lamar Jackson at five right now. Yeah. Let me tell you this, man. A healthy Lamar Jackson to me is probably number two. I swear to God, because I mean, that guy's yeah. run game is absolutely stupid. And I don't, I don't care. He's a quarterback and he runs. It doesn't make, that's, that's what the future of the NFL is. You're going to have yeah. to be a really good athlete to play quarterback. That's because you know why? There are greater athletes on defense. There are guys yeah. who are chiseled, cut, 265 pounds, six foot four, that are just racing and beating down your throat and they can whip around. You're going to need an athletic quarterback. That's what the game is changing, man. It evolves. And that's the way it goes. Black or white, it makes no freaking difference. You've got to be an athletic quarterback. Look, Daniel yeah. Jones is a white dude, and he could he's athletic. So you know what he's going to say? athletic. I say Josh Allen's athletic. Like, you have to be an athletic quarterback to survive in this league now. Like, you're going to have very few statue quarterbacks. Like, Mac Jones, is. there's going to be very seldom to have those guys who are statues in the pocket now. That's sure. right. It ain't going to work. Uh, just, uh, before we move on, just one random thing about the Super Bowl. Yeah. I live here in Arizona. People are probably going to be mad at me for saying this. But that field condition – Oh, the 
<laughs> the Super Bowl should be banned from that stadium from now on because it's not the first time this stadium has had bad field conditions for the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, so, like, for you to not have that ready and not have that on point to where this is the best field possible for the Super Bowl, people slipping all over the place. It's not oh, like yeah. it rained. It's in a stadium. Like, nope. it's in a dome. Like, nope. so there's no excuse for it to be this way. Even in Super Bowls where it's rained in Miami, it wasn't this bad. Like, come on, man. Uh, look, Coy, I was going to say, fix your Arizona grads, man. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. You know what it is? Because they want to make the field look all pretty and beautiful and wonderful so it looks all shiny and nice and bright on TV and fucking players yeah. are slipping all over the damn place. That is dumb Yeah, they stuff. said they painted the whole field. Why would you paint yeah. the whole field? Because they want it to look good. That's all they care about. That's all they care about is things looking good. They don't care if the players slip and break their freaking ankles. They don't give a shit. That's what the NFL there's, is. There's probably one person out of the 113 million who watched Super Bowl who cared about how good the field looked. Like, no one cares. I, <laughs> like, we just want to see a good game, which we still got, you know, thankfully. But it was way too many people slipping on the field. Like, come on. Man. For real. I couldn't tell you what one logo on the field looked like. I have no idea. I don't even know what the end zones look like. I had absolutely no clue. People who love football are just concentrated on the game. We're not into that. And, yo, by the way, since we're talking about it, what did you think of that halftime show? I thought it was pretty good. I thought the dancers did a great job. Now, of course, Rihanna being pregnant, she can't go full out and right. go crazy like she did. But she sounded really good. Um, actually, met somebody today who was at the game. They said, yeah, vocally live, she was amazing. Um, so you got no, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. vocally whoa, live. You got good dancers, and every year is not going to be, you know. Oh, it's cutting up a little bit, D. It's cutting up just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's cutting up a little bit. And this is a good time for it to cut up. I hope you listen to me because, dude, she didn't sing anything. She lip sank the whole damn thing. It was so obvious. I can't wait till you get back in here. We got defrozen. He's coming back in here. Make a comment. Courtney, back me up on this. She lip sank the whole thing. And there were parts of it where she weren't even trying to play around like she was trying to lip sync. She just had the microphone away from her mouth the whole damn time. It was absolutely baffling to me. Like, why couldn't she sing? I understand she's pregnant, and I'm not saying she got to go dancing all crazy and everything, everybody wearing that fat-ass pregnant suit and all that. It was entertaining. I actually did like it. You know, it was a little strange. We'll get deep back in here in a second. It, it was it was a little strange. I'm not going to lie to you. But, yo, sing. And why does this happen all the time? How come these artists can't go out there and perform and sing and get their voices and do what they do and do what they're great at. A, a lot of them do. I mean, it's amazing. You know, I, again, I don't know which one's lip sync what. Like, there's been a rumor forever that Whitney Houston lip sync the uh, national anthem in 1990 when the Bills played the Giants. Yo, what? That's crazy because that goes down in history as one of the greatest of all time, of all time. All right. I mean, I, I don't understand. Alex, like, you could sub in for him. I love it. I love it. Alex, you're the greatest over there. Yeah, it, it, was, it was crazy with uh, with Rihanna over there. I don't really understand the entire thing. I, 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 don't, I don't know how it went. I enjoyed parts of it, but it, it was interesting. Let me see what Barbershop Sharp Talk has got to say about this before D gets on. The performance wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst either. I just wanted to hear her catalog. <laughs> I got, she got great songs, too. I mean, she does. But why can't she be singing them? Sing your songs, or at least sing part of it. At least she, half the time she wasn't even playing around. She had the microphone away from her mouth. 
I, <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. At least pretend like you're singing. I mean, like she didn't like give a damn. Like she thought she was like the queen of the universe. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, Alex, Whitney was great. But I heard rumors that she lip synced that shit too. What is up with that? Like when you go to concerts nowadays, how many of them are lip syncing? I mean, you hear the background music. There's always background music for when the head performer can't go. And that happened the whole halftime show. Yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of cool. But at the same time, it was kind of dull. I mean, they had these flying things over there. And I, I mean, it, you know, yeah, and I give her full credit being pregnant going up like, I don't know how high that was, like damn 50 feet in the freaking air. That was crazy. Obviously, barbershop sports talk, I got to say. I heard the dancers in white were supposed to be the sperm of her outfit was supposed to be the egg. <laughs> that was a way of telling everybody she was pregnant. Yo, I wouldn't even be surprised if that was actually the truth, man. That is funny as hell. Oh, my God, yo, that is crazy. But that was something else, man. That was unexpected. It was unexpected. There have been better halftime shows. Last year was a better halftime show when they had – um you know, Dre and Snoop and Eminem come out. Like, that shit was cool. Like, that shit was really cool. I like that. Michael Jackson's meme was one of the best ever. Prince in the Rain. That was pretty awesome. YouTube was like, okay. I mean, but there have been other, like, really good ones. But, oh, damn. I mean, like, Michael Jackson was just, like, all-time type of shit. I know that goes way back. But for anybody who hasn't seen that, see all the kids on the field, everybody that he brought in. It was absolutely beautiful. If you don't cry... I'm telling you, if you don't cry seeing that shit, then you ain't got no heart. D, I was talking about the halftime shows and Alex and Barbershop and Courtney were weighing in on the stuff. And they were saying, uh, some of them were saying that they didn't really love the halftime show. And Barbershop made a really funny uh, uh, quote over here saying that the dancers were supposed to be the sperm dressed up in white. They're <laughs> 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 out there was supposed to be the egg. <laughs> That's the everybody she was pregnant, man. That's so funny. That's hilarious. That's a good one right there. But I thought the dancers killed it. I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10. You know, you're not going to get a 10 out of 10 every year. I thought it was like, I thought she sounded good. No, you know, she That's the thing. That's the thing, D. That's what I was trying to push back on you on. She didn't sing shit. She lip synced the whole thing, man. She wasn't even trying half the time. She had the microphone away from her mouth. You heard it in the background. Her voice didn't yeah. change. She lip synced the whole damn thing, man. Uh, that's why it sounded so damn good. Yeah, I won't push back against if she lip synced the whole thing. Uh, like it was her first time performing in like seven years, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it just happened to come when she's pregnant, you know. And as a as a guy, you you want to see the sexy version of Rihanna up there, so that's a little disappointing, you know. You <laughs> yeah. <wanna see> her. <laughs> But she's still very beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Still beautiful. Oh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you want to, you know, you want to get the full body sexy is what I mean. You want to get the full body sexy uh, of Rihanna. You, you didn't get to get that. So that's probably why a lot of guys were disappointed. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Because she's quite a looker. There's no freaking doubt yeah. about it. But, you know, not the greatest Super Bowl halftime show. But again, I actually did enjoy the dances were great. The, yeah. Like you said, the dance the choreography was fantastic. It really was. It's really hard to pull shit like that off going for like, I don't know, but they go for about eight minutes and doing what, like six different songs and, you know, different movements and different choreography for everything. I thought it was very special. I yeah, thought they they said this was like the longest halftime show ever. It was very it was long. It was yeah. Long. And that's what I'm telling you, man. She didn't. It's unfortunate she didn't sing, but. It, it still, it, look, it sounded good. And it, it really got me when she, again, she like would just turn her head, the microphone would be over here and you'd be hearing her in the background. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, you got to at least like pretend like you're doing this shit. Anyway, we got a couple of things to do. You want to do 10 questions? 
Yes, let's do 10 questions. So right. um, if you didn't watch the show last week, we started this new thing called 10 questions. So both me and Jay have two players that we can have like on our screen that you can't see. And the other person has to try to guess those players by asking 10 questions. So we get 10 questions, try to guess that player, and we get three guesses, right? So you can make your guess anytime. So if you think you know after the first question, you can guess then. But remember, you only have three guesses. Once you make your third guess, is over with, all right? So do you want to guess first, Jay, or do you want me to guess first? Uh, let's uh, let's give you the honors over here. All right. So first question, uh, what position did the player play? Question number one is quarterback. Quarterback, okay. Um, what teams did the player play for? Okay, so every team? Yes. Okay, so question number two, and I can give it to you in order, which is only fair. Played for the Minnesota Vikings, the Washington Redskins, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Can I have those teams one more time? Vikings, Redskins, as they were called at the time, Chiefs, and Raiders. Ooh. I had a... I had a nailed it. I'm going to save it, though. What, what number did he wear? Uh, he wore two numbers. He wore number 16, and then he wore number 12. Okay, I'm going I'm to make a wild guess. Was it Gus Farratt? It was. That's a very good guess, but no, that's a great guess, actually, but it's not oh, Gus Farratt. Okay. So that's one guess out. One guess out. Right. Uh, what? Only two questions, what right? X. Yeah, I asked three so far. Three questions. Oh, three. Okay, three. Yeah, so I had three questions, one guess. Uh, all right, so what round was the player drafted in? In the fourth round. That fourth is round. question four. Okay. Fourth round, kind of a journeyman. Did this player make any Pro Bowls? Let me just make absolutely positively sure. I believe that he made two, but I want to be accurate, and I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me. One second as I pull this up over here. Where is it? This has got to be the website. Or maybe it's not the website. Hang on. I'll find the right one. Good question. My bad. Should have had it ready. No problem. Uh, why don't they have it here? Oh, you know why? Because I typed in the wrong name. <laughs> That's exactly why. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So let's try this again. Okay. Pro Bowl. Uh, four times. Oh, four-time Pro Bowler. Okay. Four-time Pro Bowl. Year? Five questions. What, what year, year was he drafted? Uh, oh, what year was drafted? He was drafted in the year 1987. That's question number six with one guess. 1987. Four teams. 16 and 12. Yeah. Four time Pro Bowler. Ooh. Is it Rich Gannon? Yeah, man. There you go. <laughs> you pulled that one right out your ass. Nice job. Yeah. Bro. When, you, when, you, when I say I was thinking, you said 12, I was like, Raiders 12. That's that's what it came to me. Yeah. There it is. Well done. You got it. You got it. Just like you pulled Thank that San Antonio Holmes last week. Well done. <laughs> well done. All right. I'll give it a go. Here we go. 
All right. Uh, definitely start with the position. A wide receiver. Wide receiver. And what number do you wear? 87. 87. What team drafted him? The Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Did he play in any Super Bowls? Yes. Did he play alongside Steve Smith? Yes. Is it Musha Muhammad? Yes. I got to come up with some harder ones, man. You got some on <laughs> team. <laughs> you know what my thing is? Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. My key is their number. I'm very yeah. good with player numbers. That's that's my thing. That's one of my things. All right. I got that one. All right. On to your next one. On to your next one. Here we go. Okay. What, position, what position did they play? This man played linebacker, Ooh, outside linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, outside linebacker to be more specific. Outside linebacker. What year was he drafted? Drafted in 2011. That's two questions. Okay. Outside linebacker 2011. Uh, what teams has he played for? He has played for the Broncos, the Rams, and the Bills. Oh, Von Miller. Yeah, you got the shit. You know that with, with with those teams. I'm like, he's gonna know that. Damn it! Good job, good job. Can't stump you. Can't stump you. Excellent, excellent. All right. So far, we went two for two last week. You and I. You're two for two today. I'm one for one. All right. Let's keep it going, man. Let's rock. All right. Here we go. Right. Question number one. What position? Uh, this player was a defensive back. Okay. Defensive back. And what teams did he play for? Uh, this player played for the Washington football team. Okay. What year was he drafted? Draft in 1983. I'll take a crack at it. Daryl Washington. I think you're mixed. You probably know who it is, but no, it's not Daryl Washington. Oh, it's not Daryl. What, what am I thinking of? What's the matter with me? Um, I'm getting his name wrong. That's what I'm doing, right? Yeah. I'm getting his name wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, damn. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. No, I don't do this. You got to get his name right. <laughs> Not Daryl Washington. Not Daryl Williams. What's wrong with me? Oh, no. This is bad. <laughs> yeah, you're going to kick yourself if I'll tell you who it is. Because I know exactly you who you're say, Do you want to ask more questions, see if it comes to you? No, I know who it is. <laughs> I know it is. I'm getting his name wrong. Uh, oh my God. Defensive back Washington drafted in 83. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. <laughs> why, why did I say Daryl Washington? <laughs> um, all right. He only played for the, for, 
for the Washington football team, the Redskins, whatever? Yeah, his whole career. Yeah, you know who it is. I know who it is. I'm on his name. Oh, Daryl Green. Daryl Green. Yes. Oh, oh my Lord. Daryl Washington, listen to me. Jeez. Oh, it's like, I got to step my game up. I got I to come up with some harder ones for next week for sure. No, that was good. I, I can't believe I goofed on the name. I, then finally, Daryl Green popped in. I'm like, I'm searching the stars for this one. All right, good stuff. I like that. Yeah, we're going to eighties. We're going way back. Going way back. Yeah, I had to, oh. I had to go back and test you a little bit because last week he got some so easily. You <laughs> <laughs> with my me and my numbers, man. That's I didn't even ask the number on this one. As soon as you said eighty three and and it was defensive back Washington, I'm like, yep, Daryl Washington. Listen to me. No, you played for Washington. Daryl freaking Green. Thank you, Pop. You guys are great together. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We are missing our hour third over here, but we're, we're doing our best we can. Thanks, Primetime, for uh, jumping out. No, he actually put green. I didn't see that. So he got it right, yeah. too. He got it right now. <laughs> I was say, people got yelling at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> green, you idiot. Oh, my gosh. That was Washington. Listen to me. But got it right. Still got it right. So we yeah. are, what, uh, four for four? Yeah, each? four for four. Pretty like good, I've man. I've been tested more than you have though, so I gotta I gotta step my game up. <laughs> We're gonna get crafty, man. We're gonna get crafty. I got, you went Mushin Muhammad and you went Dower Green this time. Not bad. I went Rich Gannon and Von Miller. I knew you were gonna get Von Miller. Rich Gannon. I'm like he may have a little tough time with. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one because you forget about him pre Raiders. That's right? true. So like, yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a good one. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so we did our top five quarterbacks. We did our 10 questions, talked about the Super Bowl. We talked about Pat Mahomes, where he ranks all time. Have a little fun with Dinner Fight Club. We haven't done that in a long time, right? We haven't, so hopefully you got some good ones for me. All right, all right. Well, I figured I would stick with the football theme over here and uh, text to Jason voicemail. Yeah, right, thanks, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I should have been looking out for it, but, yeah, it popped into my mind. Dower Green. All right, so the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion – all right, right now, prop at this very moment are Mahomes, Hurts, and Burrow. What are you doing with those three guys? Dinner Fight Club. Oh, um, well, Joe Burrow's the cool one, so I'm gonna take him to the club. Burrow's going to the club. Yeah. Um, All right. Hurts can squat a million pounds, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take him in a. I'm gonna take him in a fight. <laughs> I'm gonna I take my home to dinner so we can talk about how great he is. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I would have to agree with you on all the counts right there. Mahomes just seems like a pleasant dude, fun guy you want to yeah. hang out with, you know, like totally shoot the shit with. Absolutely would do that. Burrow, yeah, he's gonna be a babe magnet in the club, man. So I'll take him. And Jalen Hurts yeah. is tough as shit. You know, I wouldn't want to even mess with him. So yeah, I think I would go with that one. I like that. All right. So for mine, I think this is the first time we, we did this one. It's an all-female version of Dinner Fight Club. Ooh. I like this. Already I like this. So I know this one is going to test you. So we got Molly Karam, oh, Joy Taylor, and Maria Taylor. Dinner Fight Club. Very interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bringing Maria Taylor to the club because everybody's going to want her, and I can't have that. <laughs> Damn. So it's going to have to be a very close dinner together where we sit on the same side of the booth. You know, like I'm not on, yeah. the, on the opposite side. Like I'm sitting right next to her. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I think that Molly Karam could throw down. I have a feeling, you know, she don't mess around. I have a feeling she, she could fight too. Yeah. yeah like 
no, Stephen A. When she mess when Stephen A. messes around, she puts him in her place, man, in his place. So you know what? I'll take Molly Caram in a fight, and Joy Taylor. I'll take to the club because I think that she she's, is like she's like joyful. She's like a good time. Yeah, she's a good time. Yeah. So I like that right there. That female version. That's pretty good. All right, I, I agree what with you, you on that one. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What you mean you hate Maria Taylor primetime? You can't be banned from the oh. show right now. Don't be banned. From the show. <laughs> Come on now. Maria Taylor's yeah, gorgeous. I say that's, that's number one on Jason's list right there. You can't hit on yeah, Maria don't Taylor. Mess around, don't mess around my girl, man. You can't be doing that. And Alex, Dinner Fight Club is kind of like, you know, bench sit cut, but we do Dinner Fight Club. It's a lot more fun that yeah. way because <laughs> we created it. That's why. So what else right, we got? So. Over here? All right, my last one. I think we may have touched on head coaches once before, but again, just sticking with the with the football theme. The last one I got is Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, and Mike Tomlin, the three best head coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. So Andy Reid, Belichick, and Tomlin. So I'm going to dinner with Andy Reid. Obviously, this man can eat a little bit. He knows, <laughs> probably knows, knows his way around some good meals, got some good recommendations for you. So I'm going to take Andy Reid to dinner. Um, I'm going to go Tomlin to the club and Belichick. He's got to be the fight wearing cut-off sleeves and whatnot. So I'm going to take Belichick in the fight. <laughs> I don't know if I can trust this old ass in the fight. I'd, I'd probably that's, sit down and talk to him. He is the oldest one out of them. That's true. Too old. That's why I got to take Mike Tomlin in the fight. You know, he's the youngest one. You know, he's ready to go. He looks like he can kick your ass anyway. So I got to take Tomlin yeah. backing me up in a fight. Andy Reid, man, he eats way too much, man. If I'm paying the bill, I ain't going after dinner with that motherfucker. I'm going to let him just like try to party and be stupid in the club and let them wear like a chief's cap and you know hopefully hey, everybody flocks they got a, they got a front of the bill these guys are millionaires they got a front of the bill i know that's true <laughs> if that's a case, i'd probably rather talk to him than belichick but i don't want to bring belichick to the club i definitely don't want yeah. to do that i mean he's gonna be boring as hell there. i'd rather like pick his brain and talk football look if i, I love true. talking football i love talking football as you know it is i, I love yeah. it we've been doing it for an hour and 10 minutes just now non-stop yeah. without taking a breath or without taking a commercial this is what we do i would love to talk about that, to talk about football with that man, that would be, that would be. No, I don't want to say a dream come true because I don't live in fantasy island. I'm not like that, but that'd be pretty freaking awesome. That would be pretty dope for sure. Oh, that would be dope. But you know, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, same thing. Like, there's a lot of young, there's a lot of really good head coaches out there, man. I mean, but those are probably the top yeah. three in the league. And then maybe you think like Sean McVay is Brian well, Dable. back, so you throw Sean Payton in there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. What do you think about the Missy? You think that? I was a quote-unquote fix Russell Wilson, but I see them getting better under Sean Payton. They still got yeah, that down off the Yeah, the offense has to get better under Sean Payton. It's going to be more organized, less mistakes. Like, that's the one thing he did a great job of in New Orleans. We definitely weren't highly penalized during his time here. Uh, so right. he did a great job of that. And offensively, the things that he does to make it easier on the quarterback, even as Drew Brees got older, he no longer had the big arm. He still is able to be productive because the offense was so precise. And I think he's going to do that for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think that they're a team you definitely want to watch out for next year. Got to keep their receivers healthy. I think they're going to go out and get a guy also. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in the draft or if it's going to be in free agency. You mentioned T. Higgins before. That's an interesting situation in Cincinnati. You don't want to give up T. Higgins, man. Tyler Boyd is not T. Higgins. I'm sorry. He cannot yeah. fill his shoes. That's a problem, I right? I, I don't know if they'll be able to pay him enough. Because uh, a lot of people view T. Higgins as number one. A lot of people say if he yeah. wasn't playing alongside Jamar Chase, he would be a number one receiver somewhere else. Um, so you wonder if another team's going to be willing to give him number one money. And he'll, he'll 
be able to walk because of that. So it's going to be very interesting these next couple of years for the Bengals for sure. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, you know, their window to win a Super Bowl definitely is now as well. There are a lot of teams that are in that now situation before you have to go ahead and pay your quarterback, you know, 500 million freaking dollars. Like Jalen Hurts is probably going to get, like Burrow is probably going to get, Lamar Jackson, I don't know what he's going to get. But that's definitely a weird situation over there. He bet on himself. He got hurt. Now does the organization say, you know what, we're going to franchise tag you and you make your, what, $18, $20 million a year for this year, 22 I don't even know what the hell the number is. But it's a yeah. big-ass number. So that's going to be the, the thing. If they franchise tag him, will they do the exclusive tag, which is a lot more money? Or if they do the open tag, you know teams are going to be willing to give up two first-round picks and willing to give Lamar Jackson a big-time contract. They have the right mm-hmm. to match, of course, but teams are going to be willing to do that. So do you take the chance of a team coming in like the Saints, for example, I would love for the Saints to, to give up two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson and give him a fully guaranteed contract. Give him all the money he needs okay. and let him come to New right. Orleans. I, I would love that. So I wonder if they're going to exclusively tag him or they're going to leave it open to where teams have a chance. But how interesting do you think no, – look, I like Lamar Jackson as a passer, and you know we, we, we've talked about this before, but what obviously makes him special is the fact that he can run for over 1,000 yards a year. I mean, that's incredible. No quarterbacks do that. I mean, there's only been three in history, Mike Vick and then Justin Fields did it this year, you know, breaking records all over the damn place. So that's what makes him special. The way I talked about Debo Samuel last year, the fact that he can come out of the backfield and make those plays, that's what makes him special and so much better than others. And that's the same way I feel about Lamar Jackson. Damn right he can throw the ball. And you know what? They need to give him some freaking wide receivers. You can't just give him Mark Andrews and that's it. You got to help this guy out. That's another thing there also. But I have to worry about running quarterbacks and their longevity and giving them a long-term contract. Like, I wouldn't be ready to give Lamar Jackson six years right now. What is he, 25? I mean, he's still being his prime at 31 if you give him six years. Absolutely he'll be in his prime. But will he still be able to do what he's doing right now? That's what I worry about. Because that's what puts him over the top of other quarterbacks. Like I said to you before, he'd probably be my number two overall when he's healthy. Yeah, no, for sure. It's the the ability to run is what makes him, like you said, special. And I think he'll still be able to do that. And the thing is, he's suffered some injuries, but those injuries he suffered hasn't been while he's running around, right? He's gotten hurt in the pocket. Um, so the thing is, yeah. he's actually really good at not taking hits when he's running. He does. That's he's true. very slippery. Yeah, he doesn't take big hits. He's like you don't remember a bunch of hits or very few, honestly, where he's like, boom. He's like, oh, oh my God, Lamar Jackson got got you know creamed on that one. You don't remember any hits like that. So, I think he'll do a good job of being able to stay healthy, and I can still see him being incredibly athletic at 31. Um, so, I think that my if I'm a Saint, like I said, Saints, if they're willing to give him five years and 240 million guaranteed, do it. Because that type of guy who you think could be the second best quarterback in the league if healthy, you don't take a chance and let that guy go. So I think that Baltimore, if they're smart, they will go ahead and give him the contract that he wants because that guy, I say it all the time, that guy is the car. He's not just the engine. He's the entire car. And some of you might get in the car with him, but he is the car that runs that offense. So you have to pay him. That's right. That's right. Well, Mr. Primetime doesn't really believe in him too much, uh, saying that the best he'll ever do is an AFC title game. Look, I don't know that. Again, I believe that this guy needs more weapons. I think that's really another thing that gets overlooked in this whole entire thing. The defense has been great. There's no doubt about it. But you got to score points. Not this year, but most most years they've been great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. This year they definitely were not great. That's for sure. They blew a hell of a lot of leads in the fourth quarter, which is something you don't want to be seeing, without a doubt. Anyway, all right. Hey, I got one more. I got one more. I got one more for you. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So 
speaking of coaches, but these coaches were fictional or maybe, uh, you know, based off a real person, but they were played by an actor. So, yeah, Al Pacino and then Given Sunday. Okay. Samuel Jackson and Coach Carter and Denzel Washington and Remember the Titan. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, Al Pacino, definitely not in a fight. He is like a midget, so there's no way I'm taking him. Um, Denzel in a fight, for sure. I mean, yeah, I've seen like him. Yeah, he, yeah he, he can fight. I have no doubt he's done his mixed martial yeah. arts before. Um, Al Pacino in a club? No, I just think he's too embarrassing. So I'd rather go out to dinner with him and let him talk about, you know, all his awards and all the people he's met and this and that and all his great stories and everything. And Samuel yeah, Jackson. Yeah, probably got some great stories. Yeah, I'm sure they're great. But Samuel Jackson's cool as hell, man. So I am definitely chilling yeah. with him in the club. I mean, that is one cool motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, he, and speaking of motherfucker, he would definitely he throw some out, throw, throw some of those out there yes, as well in the club. <laughs> He's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> so now I, I agree with you because yeah Denzel in the other movies you see him in like Book of Eli and stuff like that where he's you know kicking yeah. ass so I, I, yeah. I definitely think that so yeah I, I agree with your list there on that one so I thought that was a, a good one to throw in there as well I like that I like that you're, you're creative man you can always come up with the good stuff brother that's why you're on the show I love it I love it well good job today <laughs> well, obviously it. we did it without Nikki we did it without Nikki she'll be back soon we'll let you guys in on the info but D and I are here. We're going to rock it out. Third and three podcasts every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. But D's got more action than that, and he's going to tell you about it now. Yes, so my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. I'm actually probably going to do that one tonight after the Lakers and Pelicans game. I want to do a deep dive Ooh. into that game. And uh, Oh, that's right. You're on the damn West Coast time. That game starts at 7 for you. It's 10 for me. I'm in bed already. Man. Shoot, forget it. Yeah, no, it is late. It is definitely a late start for sure uh but i want to do a deep dive into that game and a deep dive into talking about post all-star break like the storylines for the nba uh give a few thoughts on super bowl but everybody's already talked about it so much uh so i'm definitely gonna do like a deep dive to some basketball and some boxing uh tonight on if either tonight or tomorrow morning i'll wake up early and do it but you'll be getting that one very soon so please go ahead and subscribe you get you get music in the background. You get music breaks. Sometimes I'll, you know, pay homage to a certain artist, and you'll get those breaks in between certain segments. This is a dope podcast. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, follow me on social media at the Real Deal WDA. If you're watching, you see it right there on the screen. I'm always dropping some type of video, some quotes, some type of good content to make you think. Uh, so go ahead and check it out. Uh, Damian Adams on Facebook. My reels have kind of taken off on there, and people are following. Thank you. I appreciate that. So go ahead and follow me there as well, and you'll get access to those reels and those videos right away. Uh, so yeah, follow me on social media at the Real Deal WDA. Uh, my podcast is the Real Deal with Damian Adams, and the Third Three Podcast.com. Uh, we haven't been writing for a while. I'm gonna start back writing this week. So check it out, and you'll get new articles coming soon on the website. That'll be good. I need something good to read, man. So put it out there. I'll be reading that yeah. shit. No <laughs> doubt about it. That is nice. All right. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, catch me at Sports Profit One. That's the number one profit as in profit seeing into the future, not profit to make you money. I can't even make myself money. So forget about it. All right. I can't. Make it All right. I'm, I'm sitting here with like, you know, crystals and everything, putting them on top of lotto cards and shit like that, hoping that one day I'm actually going to hit this shit. I forget about it. Superstition out the freaking window. Not going to happen gonna have to live with it i'm gonna be poor that's my life but it's okay i will walk 
the mile that I need to walk. All good. Anyway, listen, like I said, at Sports Profit One, that's the number one on Twitter. Uh, Jason Fearman on Facebook. I don't TikTok. I don't do that shit. I don't have time for it. I'm too old. You see the little gray in my beard right now. I can't handle it, man. But we'll rock with the Power 32 podcast for a little bit longer. The NFL offseason is going to be great. We got the draft coming up in April. We'll have a little dead season during the summertime, but that's what basketball is for. It'll heck us up in June. And then we'll get to chill out on the beach and do our thing July and August and whatever. And then football will be back. But we will always be here, third and three, ready to rock as always. Guys, we'll see you next week. We're out for now. Peace.